Hello, and welcome to the Legion Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mann. In this episode, I'll be discussing the Legion of Superheroes from DC Comics. This is Legion Spotlight number 12. We're still in the Silver Age in 1963 as we continue our look at the Legion of Superhero comics. Next up is Adventure Comics number 307 and the Secret Power of the Mystery Superhero. Now, this is a 13-page comic from April 1963, written by Edmund Hamilton and art by John Forte, and they cover a lot of ground in these 13 pages. And really, it's it's more like 12 and a third, because two-thirds of that first page is, again, one of those kind of interior covers, you know, telling us it's a Tales of the Legion of Superheroes story, and giving us a, an image that's evocative of the story, but not literally part of it. And what's interesting is how they really sell the, the story in that panel, because we've got Cosmic Boy looking at this new Mystery Lad, thinking, it's not only that I don't know Mystery Lad's secret power, I don't even know whether he's on our side in this fight, which really is is part of almost, I don't want to say the climax of the story, but late in the 13 pages. So they sell it all there. But the other thing I found really interesting about this story is they are riding kind of rocket sleds in space. So Cosmic Boy, this is one of the, the few times he's got the space helmet thing on his costume. But then so does everybody else. Mystery Lad, Saturn Girl, Bouncing Boy, Sun Boy, and stuff in this panel. And these things, these rocket sleds, are kind of, I guess, the space equivalent of a motorcycle. And what I find interesting about that is, one, not something that's a hallmark of the Legion mythos and whatnot. But two, everybody is just wearing their costume in these space helmets, whereas in the story, they actually need space suits. And that's a minor part of, of the story or whatever. And to me, this kind of sets the stage later for the trans suits, which are the transparent spacesuits they used, where everybody could still be drawn in their costume and stuff and not need the helmets and all that in space, which whoever thought of that, and I'm curious how, how that gets introduced, when that gets introduced in the stories, brilliant idea. An in-story explanation for kind of stuff that, that's just a aspect of the storytelling. We need the costumes to make them you know, identifiable and stuff. So very interesting. And the other thing is, unlike Cosmic Boy's usual just dome space helmet thing, all of these helmets, including his, have a a little antenna on it, presumably for radio communication. Now, in this story, they're dealing with space pirates led by Roxas, and they're attacking different planets and and doing different things. They, They go to one planet and steal, what was it, cold light orbs on the planet Oran. And the Legion gets called by the authorities of that planet for, for help. By the time the Legion gets there, those people are long gone. But there were a few things about that attack on that planet that were interesting. One, when these rocket sleds that the, the bad guys use go into to attack, they're, they're like aiming straight down or whatnot. Now, first off, a motorcycle just seems like a dangerous vehicular device to use anyways. You're not protected and whatnot. A space equivalent where just... Being in space is kind of dangerous, and not having any kind of vehicular protection around you seems a little crazy. To do that in re-entry into an atmosphere, 
seems even more insane, but, you know, visually it looks cool. The difference with the pirates' rocket sleds is theirs, the legs kind of fit forward inside, whereas the ones we saw on that cover image and later in the story with Legion, it's more of like a Harley or something like that where you've got the footrests on the outside. Anyways, the pirates have taken the cold light globes, which are what they use on this planet to keep everything lit and, and warm and whatnot. So Sunboy has to use his power to make the peak of a nearby mountain white hot so these people have light and heat until they can get these, these cold light globes replaced. And I'm like, man, I sure hope that was a vacant mountain. I mean, I'm sure it is. But to do that kind of a thing at that range, kind of crazy, but okay. They have Brainiac 5 examine these rocket sleds and whatnot, and he's going to wind up making a bunch for the Legion and stuff, because these things are faster than their spaceships, and even if they find them, they'd get outraced, so they need faster vehicles. Invisible Kid's the one who points out when they get back to the clubhouse that they've got other members on other missions, they need more members. Kind of interesting, because it feels like later in the story, we've got a fair portion of the Legion here. But what this means, tryouts. Always love the tryout stuff. A lot of fun. Get to see different characters and whatnot. We get a couple of people trying out, a few of which go unnamed. The first of which has the ability to turn things green. He's like, it'd be great for camouflage. Until Sunboy points out that many planets have vegetation of other colors, you know, red or yellow or whatnot. So while green might be useful on Earth, not so much on other planets. I really question how useful it would be on Earth, because it's not like they tend to be out in the jungle and stuff. Anyways, he gets rejected. The next guy has a camera eye and can project any events he's seen, which he figures could be useful as evidence against criminals and stuff. Now, they point out it can't be used in court, so not so useful. He gets rejected from that. What I found interesting is the scene he was projecting was Superboy going up against Bizarro. And I'm like, when would this guy have seen that? That means Superboy had to be in the future with Bizarro, presumably, at some point, and reading all the Legion stuff up to this point, so haven't seen that with the Legion involved. Now, maybe there was a Superboy-Bizarro story that had some point that took place in this time frame, but didn't have the Legion, which seems a little odd, but could have happened. So not entirely sure if that was just something that is a mistake or, or whatnot. And there are some mistakes in these comics. This is another one where the Legion was placed in the 21st century instead of the 30th century. And we do get a couple of actual typos in this issue as if the editor had, you know, taken a day off or something or an editor had taken a day off. The final person to do the tryouts is Jan Ara. And Cosmic Boy's like, okay, what's your powers? It's like, ah, I can't tell you. And it's like, really? You're trying out to be a member of the team and you can't tell us what you can do? But what he says is he'll demonstrate his power to one member if they promise not to reveal it, okay? And Saturn Girl volunteers, which is good, because otherwise she could have just read the mind of whoever did it, so forth, whatever. So she goes into another room with this guy, comes back saying, yep, great power, can't reveal it, but really recommends they, they accept him. So he joins under the name mystery lad. And Cosmic Boy and the rest just taking Saturn Girl's word for it. Kind of cool, but a little surprising. And Invisible Kid's like, yeah, I don't know about having somebody whose power we don't know. 
Invisible Kidnapping Fort is important later in the story because, again, 13 pages, and we're already on page four at this point. So we're going to find out who this is by the end of the story because at this point in comics, everybody was buying stuff off the newsstand. There was no guarantee that the readers of this comic would be able to find or decide to purchase the next issue of Adventure Comics. So they had to pretty much wrap this up here. So by this point in the story, Brainiac 5 has built one-man rockets for basically everybody in the Legion. They've got spacesuits, they've got helmet radios, they're all set. So they take off. And again, the, the motorcycle, I mean, these are, take a motorcycle concept, but make it visually very much like a, a rocket or a missile. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's a great visual. They have to go find these people, so they use Saturn Girl to tune in on their thoughts somehow with telepathic impressions of fighting on one world, so let's head there. Now, this is a aquatic world. They've got floating cities. Kind of cool, but it makes me wonder, why do people colonize here? It pretty much had to be colonization, because if they were natives, they'd be able to survive in the water. Why would they need cities on pontoon boats or whatever? Don't know, but all right. And it was as they were heading, actually, to this where Cosmic Boy says, we'll take off in an hour to hunt down and punish those parties. And I, I don't know if that was a typo for pirates or not. Maybe parties, maybe. It, there were one or two other places where it, it felt like maybe there was a typo. Anyways, they get to this world. These people have stolen other gems, but they're looking for some guy. And he's more important than anything they're going to steal. That's the guy they got to go find. Legion shows up, has to get out of their spacesuits before they can fight because Colossal Boy would grow too big for his. Bouncing Boy would expand too much for his, presumably. And Mystery Lad at this point is fighting these pirates, but just in hand-to-hand and seems to be a pretty good fighter, according to Colossal Boy. Now, I find that interesting because I did check out this character's Wikipedia page And there are a couple of things there that don't really jive with this first appearance. Like in the Wikipedia page, it says he was trained in hand-to-hand combat by the Legion. It's like, well, he's pretty good to start with. So I'm sure he got training. Not sure he needed it necessarily. So he's getting attacked. One of these guys has one of the natives' fishing spears, and it it crumples on Mystery Lad's chest. So Bouncing Boy is like, oh, well, clearly his secret power is invulnerability. And they're taking care of of the rest, because again, this guy is not going to go reveal his powers at this point. As the pirates leave, they set off some bombs, basically bursting the pontoons on one side of this this city. So now the Legion's got to go solve all of this. They got Cosmic Boy, he can float it while repairs are being done. What I found hilarious at this point was some boys like, where's Invisible Kid? An Invisible Kid is standing right there, kind of in the dotted line form in the bottom corner of the panel, and he's like, oh, I made myself invisible to fight these guys. I forgot to turn visible again, as if he could just forget. Now, this is kind of interesting because later we find out that this Invisible Kid is something of a genius, maybe an absent-minded one, I don't know. But they do the repairs there, and because of the sort of damage these guys are doing, the, the Legion vows not to stop until they've chased these guys down. Now, during the pontoon repairs, Mystery Lad cuts his hand on, on some sharp metal and stuff, which puzzles Bouncing Boy because he thought he was invulnerable. 
At which point Saturn Girl's like, nope, wrong guess, not the power. Now, Saturn Girl saying that seemed a little odd because she wasn't going to reveal the power. Revealing what it's not kind of by process of elimination would eventually get there. So, but Mystery Lad doesn't seem to be phased by that. Although he does feel a little responsible for the tragedy that happened on this planet, even though the Legion fixed it and whatnot. Cut two, they go to space, Saturn Girl using her thought-casting powers to search for them. They wind up on another planet. This one seems to be pretty much uninhabited, and it basically winds up being an ambush set by the pirates. And there's these large statues that they blast the base of one of them, and it's about to crush Saturn Girl. But Mystery Lad is able to push the big silver statue aside. So clearly his power must be super strength. Well, turns out not to be. Invisible Kid and Colossal Boy make short work of these pirates. They capture two of them. Saturn Girl, again, says, nope, super strength isn't the power. But this is where Saturn Girl's powers get even more confusing. Now, we've already had in a past story her controlling a robot telepathically, which I don't get. We've had another one in which she's able to get, you know, like, space radio transmissions or whatnot telepathically, which I don't get. Her powers are she's telepathic. Great. But when she's scanning these prisoners they've got, she gets that they recognized Mystery Lad and that there's a, a big ship somewhere for where they're storing their loot and stuff, but they quickly closed their minds to me. Like, people can just do that. And there's another thought balloon where she's saying that she's a little suspicious of Mystery Lad, because again, recognized by the bad guys, but he keeps his mind closed and guards his thoughts constantly. So it comes down to, you know, is it just surface thoughts she can read without prying or whatnot? What exactly are the limitations of her powers? And again, the, the pirates being able to, to block her out so easily, a uh, little surprising there. So they're chasing these guys again. And there's a double star system ahead. And that's part of where, when Saturn Girl was finding out about their base ship or whatever, she sensed the, the double suns. The pirates go through there, repel a, a meteor with the force rings of their, I guess, blaster guns. And again, this is the day and age in comics where things happen they don't really need to have, I don't know, science or explanations behind them or whatnot. But they basically set this meteor up to where the gravity of the double suns is going to hurl it at the incoming legionnaires. They're on their rocket sleds. And there's not room to dodge it because there are these big suns on either side. And I'm like, scale of space. Suns are huge. They look really close together. How can the, the Legionnaires not have the maneuverabilities? It's such a narrow, safe passage route between these two suns that one, why didn't they comment on that before going in? And two, the suns form a line between them. The Legionnaires are going kind of perpendicular to that line. They could go up, they could go down, they don't have to go left or right. Anyways, but this gives Mystery Lad the chance to go ahead and save the day because he can take care of, of the asteroid, which he seems to vaporize, leading one of the Legionnaires to think, ah, it must be super heat vision. And there's a caption there of, reader, can you guess what Mystery Lad's secret power is? And it's like, okay, again, this is one of those mystery stories, can you solve the story things, which is part and partial of, of the time. and. Mystery Lad offers to go ahead in case there are other asteroids ahead. Invisible Kid's still suspicious, wants to trust, but again, not sure he can. Now, scouting up ahead, Mystery Lad leaves a message on, I guess, an asteroid or something, 
using his ray gun, because I guess he had one. And so he's flying by this thing, shooting what looks like a fairly lengthy message on it. So man, good aim there. He doesn't want to desert the Legion, but again, we're being set up of, is this going to be one of those tryouts that is a a one-issue Legionnaire because they betray them or something like this? A lot going on. And we've had two little mini-adventures already, the big mystery of all of this, and we're only getting towards page 11 of the story, at which point the Legion has seen his message, and it's revealing that he's the one these raiders are searching for. And it's like, this could be a trick, maybe we trust him. Anyways, Mystery Lad finds their base ship, gets rushed aboard, and the pirates have orders that once they're inside, get that helmet off that guy. Because if he uses his power to wreck the ship, he'll die. He needs air. Okay, that makes sense. And part of why he feels responsible is these pirates not only been chasing him down, but they brought destruction to his world among many others. This is where we get kind of the flashback explanation of what Mystery Lad's powers are. Apparently, on their world, there's a unique radioactive environment that gave a few of the inhabitants the ability to transmute things from one element to another. So they can change an iron chair to aluminum. They could do other things, including young small children with this. Because uh, we see a one of a child turning a lamp to gold, and it's, oh, that's a soft, useless material. And these people are not greedy, so they have no use for valuable metals like gold, if it's not you know intrinsically useful as that element. But when the raiders had found out about this ability, they came and attacked, and unfortunately killed almost all the people who had that power. But there was one kid who escaped, Mystery Lad. So it's like, okay, you're going to you know build uranium bombs for us and stuff like that. And he's like, no, can't do it. I'll die before I do that. And he uses his powers to basically turn the hull of the ship into gaseous elements. And they scatter and it's like, well, he's going to die. He's got no helmet. And he's like, well, willing to make the sacrifice. Now, the visual on this page for people using their powers is kind of like a translucent eye beam or whatever. So again, powers at this age of comics, or at least for the Legion, you know, at one point, Cosmic Boy's powers were, were sight-casted, if you will, just like Mystery Lads are at this point. Now, all of that seems to change. It becomes a bit more hand gesture-based or whatever later, I think. But interesting nuance of Mystery Boy's or Mystery Lads' powers because the pirates' suits are made of chemical compounds and not raw elements, he can't affect them. So apparently the hull was a particular element. Now, he's a legionnaire, he's a hero, he wasn't going to go vaporize them anyways, or kill them by, by getting rid of their spacesuits, but interesting for them to point that out. Legion shows up at this point, disables their rockets, and it's like, oh, it's a shame he had to die. And this is the second Legionnaire to die in action, reminding us of, of Lightning Lad, who'd already died. And that they never would have guessed that element changing was his power. Because when he had changed the Iron Spear, he changed it to a tin one that crumpled easily, it changed colors. When he changed the Corroded Silver Statue to aluminum, it changed colors. They get to the wrecked spaceship, and they find out Mystery Lad's alive. Because Invisible Kid had followed him, and we get this a little bit in a flashback too, because he had suspected him, went in, was able to, to not be noticed. And then when, when Mystery Lad had vaporized the hull, Invisible Kid was able to get a helmet on him before he died. 
And they're like, oh, maybe we'll find a way to bring Lightning Lad back to life too. And on the final page of all of this, we get a new name for Mystery Lad. It's going to be Element Lad. But his great power will remain a mystery to everyone except the Legion. Well, you're calling him Element Lad. It's a little on the nose, but okay. So a ton of stuff really happened with a couple of little mini adventures and stuff in this, all in a 13-page story. So a ton of stuff, and this gives us Element Lad, who's a long-standing member of, of the Legion and whatnot, has some very interesting stories uh, with him down the line. Again, fun story. I really enjoyed it, and I was just amazed how much they packed into 13 pages. So once again, that's The Secret Power of the Mystery Superhero from Adventure Comics 307. Next up is Adventure Comics number 308 and The Return of Lightning Lad. Now this is a 11-page story by Edmund Hamilton with art by John Forte, with about a third of the last page being taken for an ad and about two-thirds the first story page for kind of one of those interior covers. And that means we've only got about 10 pages of story here. But there's, again, quite a bit that's going on here. Now, this story is correctly marked as being in the 30th century, so they finally corrected that problem they'd been having. And it starts with the official flag of the Legion of Superheroes being revealed. And it's made of some sort of indestructible material and is luminous so it can be seen for hundreds of miles. I think, wow, that'd be annoying to be a neighbor of that. But anyways... We got a reminder that Lightning Lad is dead because the Legionnaires are going to go drape one of these new flags over his coffin as tribute as fitting the first member of the Legion to have died. And we get a a flashback of Lightning Lad's death from a freeze ray while fighting Zaryan, the Conqueror, and, you know, the funeral of Lightning Lad, all of that. And when the Legionnaires get there to, to put the flag on it, they notice Lightning Lad is twitching. At first, they think, ah, oh, Bouncing Boy, you're, you're just seeing things. But then somebody else sees it too, and they get Lightning Lad out of the, the coffin. And the theory is that the constant electrical bolts from above the coffin revived him in a death-like coma from the freeze ray. Or at least that's some boy's theory. Or at least that's the theory some boy states. And then the question is, does he still have his powers or not? Because Without the powers, he'd be kicked out of of the Legion. That would be a a big blow to somebody who just basically come back from the dead. But they could have drained while he was in this death-like coma. Now, what's interesting is in this scene where we've got that discussion back at the Legion headquarters, we do have Supergirl in this story. She shows up in the scene, she says and does nothing, and she's not in the rest of the story. But I thought that would be worth mentioning because it's actually easy to overlook. Now, we do get a flashback to Lightning Lad's origin over on Korball, where he's attacked by these lightning monsters, and there's a, a freak occurrence because blasts from all direction of these monsters neutralize each other. He's in this electrical field, and it, it gives him powers. Now, what's interesting is he was wearing his Lightning Lad costume at the time, which prior to then, there'd be no reason for him to have such a costume, much less wear such a costume, but it's kind of a storytelling shortcut in comics to put the people in costumes so we can easily recognize them. What's even weirder is he's thinking his powers will win him membership into the Legion of Superheroes. Now, that's odd because he's, like, considered one of the founding three members of the Legion. So, not sure exactly what's up with that. Now, 
Because Cosmic Boy and Sunboy and others are concerned if he still has his powers, they secretly test Lightning Lad. We get a reminder that the Legionnaires have anti-gravity belts, which is why he can fly. And he needs to power up a hilltop condenser for uh, an energy experiment. But because Sunboy's convinced that Lightning Lad doesn't have powers, Sunboy uses his powers to cause hot air currents to create a sudden thunderstorm, which has lightning, which powers up the hilltop condenser. Cosmic Boy is unsure if that was just coincidence, if it was Lightning Lad causing the lightning or the thunderstorm, either way. Now, the commissioner of the science police, so we're firmly in the science police time at this point, asks the Legion to search for this thieves' planet, which is a refuge for criminals of all other planets and such. They do some searching around. They decide to land on a planetoid because they're not having any luck, wait for a ship to fly by, and follow the ship. But a criminal ship that's that's going to attack them because it seemed to have spotted them, it's of non-magnetic material, so Cosmic Boy's powers aren't any good, so Lightning Lad's got to attack. But Again, Sunboy being convinced Lightning Lad doesn't have powers, basically shoots a shaft of heat and light to the cliff behind Lightning Lad so it'll reflect up, knocking the, the ship down as if Lightning Lad had done it. It works. Cosmic Boy is, again, not totally convinced of all of that, but there we have it. In that ship were aliens from the Hydra world, which have three heads. Which kind of makes the double header, who's a later member of the subs, seem a bit less impressive, which is an interesting feat in and of itself. Not that any of that's mentioned, I just hadn't seen the Hydra World people before, so three heads versus two, just thought I'd mention. And these guys have robbed interplanetary zoos of, of rare animals. And one of them is a legendary protean beast of Antares, with similar powers to Chameleon Boy, who takes it as a pet and calls it Prote. This creature can imitate anything Chameleon Boy tells it to, which kind of implies some sentience, which way later in the Legion stuff, we find out to be the case. Now, the Legionnaires decide to disguise themselves and their ship as criminals seeking refuge on this thieves' planet. The destination of the thieves' ship has the point in space for the planet, so they use that, but since they've kind of demolished that ship, they've got to use their own. They disguise the ship, they bring on these animals, so they've got something to claim they'd stolen, and they go looking for the thieves' planet. Turns out it's hidden behind a planetary-wide invisible force field, so they get through that, land, and go looking around and find other thieves and criminals with things they're selling. We've got the Pyramid Men from Altar, who've got living paintings from Thar painted in a chemical living liquid, so it's moving. We've got an ant race of Canopus, with the element tree that blossoms leaves of gold, silver, platinum, and other precious elements. And then we've got these autumn guards, A-U-T-O-M, so autumn is an automation, guards, that don't recognize the legionnaires, so they're not known criminals, but I'm surprised they weren't recognized as the legionnaires because they're in costume. And there's a line a little later saying that these th thieves on this planet knew the legionnaires had heat powers or lightning powers, but didn't know what they looked like, apparently, so some news has gotten out about them, but not enough to identify them on a thieves' planet, and you'd think that'd be one of the things they'd want to do on that planet. So the guard takes these legionnaires to the Master of Thieves' world, which is a sphere of pure electrical energy with powerful telepathy and hypno-control, and that's who is creating and maintaining this invisibility shield around the world. 
Now, it can read the Legionnaires' minds, so it knows they're there to shut down the planet, and basically has them thrown into the Jewel Jail until it has time to kind of ransack their minds telepathically and learn all their secrets. It's like, yeah, well, they don't want that. So the Legionnaires try to break out of the Jewel Jail. They use some boy's powers, which get reflected back at him, so it's like, hey, that's not going to work. And then basically, Chameleon Boy has a, a pretty clever idea. He has Prody imitate a ray gun, and basically when a guard comes to feed them, threaten him with a ray gun, and get out that way. Chameleon Boy is a shapeshifter. I'm not entirely sure why he couldn't just shape his hand to look like a hand holding a gun, but good use of Prody. The Legionnaires then use their various powers of magnetism, heat, and stuff to kind of cause some mass chaos on the planet. And then the Master of Thieves' World comes by, paralyzes the Legionnaires with his super hypnotism, and is basically shutting stuff down there until Lightning Lad zaps him with lightning. Now, the Master hadn't done anything with Lightning Lad because he thought Lightning Lad was powerless because, well, that's what the Legionnaires all thought. And Lightning Lad's powers kind of short-circuit the electrical currents in the Master's mind, freeing the Legionnaires and such, and the... The master, you know, collapses into what looks like an unconscious, I don't know, blob or something like that. There is a, a corporeal form there. And then it all comes down to, okay, Lightning Lad has his powers, which is true, except it's not Lightning Lad. It's a girl double of him, who's apparently a very identical twin, because it does turn out this is his twin sister. Some boy was suspicious when Lightning Lad revived in the back of his neck or her neck was not tan like the rest of the skin, as if there'd been long hair that had recently been cut off, and no Adam's apple, which men have, women don't. So that's how he knew, but he figured only Lightning Lad had the power, so the sister wouldn't, hence covering. Turns out, however, the sister does have the same powers because she was in that same incident on Corbal where they got powers. She then recently moved Lightning Lad from the crypt to a lightning planet or lightning world that nobody ever visits, figuring it was a fitting place, and that she would then take his place in the crypt and pretend to get revived and carry on his work. Unusual way to become a member of the Legion, but it does work. She gets voted in, or we get told that when they vote on new members, she's sure to get in because she's already proven herself, and after the vote, we learn her name is Lightning Lass, and there's still the hope that the real Lightning Lab will one day be revived. So, pretty interesting story. I don't really recall this one, and usually when I have read references to Lightning Lass's origin, it's more about how she got her powers and such, and you know, it's been long enough since I've even read one of her, her flashback origin type things. I don't even remember how they discussed how she became a member of the Legionnaire other than later she did after he died or some such. I don't really remember her, as clearly happened in the story, flawlessly passing for her brother in front of, you know, people very familiar with him throughout this story. Because in most of the story, we've got Cosmic Boy, Brainiac 5, Sun Boy, Chameleon Boy, Bouncing Boy. They had conveniently taken both Mon-El and Saturn Girl kind of off stage or whatever prior to the Legionnaires visiting the crypt because Monel and Saturn Girl were gonna go investigate this other thing. So I would hope Saturn Girl wouldn't have been fooled, one, telepathy, two, knowing Lightning Lad very well, but I'm very surprised Cosmic Boy was fooled. Either way, 
We did not get the return of Lightning Lad as promised here. We did get a good story. We did get another Legionnaire with Lightning Lass. So all in all, a good story. And we do get Prody, who becomes instrumental later in the Legion stuff, both as a member of the Legion of Super Pets, as part of the story for the whole Lightning Lad stuff later on, and just a kind of peripheral supporting member around the Legion and stuff down the line. So once again, that is The Return of Lightning Lad from Adventure Comics 308. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.